0: everyone, I'm Caroline Mawassasi, and I am your host for the FACT Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am FACT's vice president of community relations. Before we start today, I just want to say thank you to Genentech for sponsoring FACT's Roundtable podcast. Juneteenth is a special holiday celebrated by Black Americans, and today we are learning about why this holiday is meaningful, how to be an ally, and how to celebrate Juneteenth while managing food allergies with FACS Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Elisa Word. Welcome back to Facts Roundtable, Elisa. I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to have you back on the show to discuss Juneteenth. Our conversations always leave me feeling that I've learned a little more, and you just leave me feeling inspired, and I am sure listeners feel the same thing. Thanks so much, Caroline. Always great to be back on this show so I can talk about all these
1: wonderful things that are happening in the world that impact everyone from every dimension of diversity.
0: Well, you know what? Let's not waste any time, and let's just jump right into the topic, Juneteenth. Can you explain why Juneteenth is just such a very important holiday for Americans, and in particular, the Black community?
1: Absolutely. Juneteenth, which was uh, from June 19th, 1865, actually represented the date that the last slaves got notification that they had been freed based on the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, soldiers had arrived in Galveston, Texas, and uh, let these folks know that they had been freed. But it was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Because of that, it was quite the celebration in Texas. And then that has now made its way all over the U.S.,
0: I noticed that in my state, we just got word that Juneteenth will be celebrated statewide. And I don't think this is the case everywhere else. So maybe you can talk to a little bit about how and where it's celebrated.
1: Well, the thing is, it was made, uh, you know, it is a federal holiday. But, you know, there are some states that have decided, you know, just like when when Martin Luther King Day came, you know, there were ones that really kind of like fought that and didn't want to celebrate that. So it's making its way around that people are actually beginning to celebrate that. I think it's such a disservice to people when people don't and they fight these things because it just, I mean, this is part of American history. You know, when you think about history, it's, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, and the in-between. And, you know, celebrating that something that was not good for uh, Black people, African-American people, ending, I think was a great thing. But it also talks shows that It was an opportunity for a new era for us to be more unified in the country in general.
0: So then on Juneteenth, what actually takes place? What are the traditions that people celebrate?
1: Um, It's more personal, I think, in nature for people. There are a lot of people who are more in tune to it before. uh, Now it's kind of like picking up momentum uh, with folks. So, you know, everything from barbecue celebrations to family celebrations to parades, just to historical celebrations, you know, uh, everything in, in, in between uh, can, can actually happen. And it doesn't have to be just Black people. It can be anyone because I always tell people, you know, and I've said this before so many times that you realize that there were people who were abolitionists that didn't that weren't Black people, right? So these people need to be celebrated too because they were so supportive of so many communities.
0: Speaking as a non-Black person, how can we honor and celebrate this holiday without feeling like we're taking and celebrating something that maybe we feel we shouldn't be celebrating, but we really should be celebrating it? Well, this is the thing.
1: So like in this, in the States, for instance, many people celebrate St. Patrick's Day, right? I'm not Irish. Lots of people go and drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day, right? Many people don't even know why that happens. Cinco de Mayo, people go and do things at Easter, Christmas. You know, there's so many holidays that happen in the U.S. that are connected to other people, other cultures, whether it be a deity, you know, religious, whatever that is. And people still honor and celebrate that. So it's no different than any other. If there are parades, celebrate those parades. You know, find out some history about some things that you didn't know about. You know, do your ancestry, for instance. You might be related to some abolitionists that helped 500 people. You never know, you know, or, or some other activist who supported people. So there's a lot of ways that people can celebrate it. And it's for
0: everybody. So now what are some of your favorite ways to celebrate or some suggestions you might have for our listeners?
1: Well, I'm always up for a good barbecue. I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, but for me, it's more from like a historical perspective, you know, learning about people I didn't know about. I'm very much in tune to like people who invented different things or created, you know, different stuff that come from various cultures and things like that. Uh, so that sort of thing, just always kind of investigating that. But usually, I mean, Atlanta, we've got a lot of stuff going on here where I am. And uh, there's always some sort of parade and some sort of thing happening at the museum. So I don't know. I'm just going to like roll the dice this year and see what things I want to be involved in.
0: Now, are there any websites or resources that you could suggest to people to look for to see where they can maybe find something online? I mean, I live in Reno, Nevada. It's a very small community. So I might not have a lot of cool things going on like you would in Atlanta, Georgia. What would you suggest to me?
1: I mean, honestly, a simple Google search for your state, for your town. I know like in Atlanta, there is a website called Juneteenth ATL, but there's also, you know, Juneteenth websites, you know, that you could find information. Juneteenth.com, for instance, is one. And then um, even on the FAC website, we have a lot of stuff about a bunch of different cultures and information. And there's some stuff on the on the fact website as well. So pretty easy find these days.
0: Well, that makes it so much easier. I mean, I have to say I'm so grateful for the Internet. I get mad at it sometimes and I complain when things glitch. But it's so nice because I think through the Internet we have ways of staying connected and we have ways of looking at things and researching things like right from our kitchen table.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely gives an opportunity. I mean, I'm dating myself, but I remember Encyclopedia Britannica. Right, you'd have to get an encyclopedia for everything, and my mom and you know people would wait. Maybe on sale at the grocery store. You know, each week you pay X number of dollars for one, and you kind of waited however many weeks it took to get the whole set. Yeah, so we're past that. So this is the encyclopedia on steroids.
0: Oh my goodness, I remember doing that. You're right, waiting every week for the next letters. I think it was yeah letter groupings to come out. Yep. Boy, we really have changed in a nice way. Exactly. We've definitely changed in really, really much better ways. So now in celebrating Juneteenth and just thinking about it, so how can the many of us who want to be allies, how can we do this in really meaningful ways? That we're not overstepping our boundaries, but we're also not being too passive. I don't know if passive is the right word, but that we're just really getting in there in very important and meaningful ways.
1: Well, when it comes to meaningful, that that word itself actually means something different for different people. But um, if we're thinking about, you know, where it can be sustainable, where it can be impactful, where it can be um, something that actually moves the needle forward. It's great that people throw money at stuff, right? People donate to charities all the time. That's wonderful. Charities need money. However, they also need time and energy people can volunteer for programs. You know, the NAACP was not what uh, it was not just a black organization. There were white people that helped found the NAACP, right? So, with that in mind, you know, volunteer for organizations, go to community centers, and especially when you have kids, volunteer in a community center that is people that don't look live or or you know, even love like you and get to know people just on the grassroots level and have conversations, right? Because it's not pretentious then. And a lot of these community centers will, they need people. So people will embrace others. You get to learn about. So that's one of the ways I love to learn about new communities is to do things like that, but also celebrate these things, celebrate these parades and festivals. And, you know, if there's something, I know like, uh, honestly, Target, that's a great store that's always got something for some sort of celebration. Walmart has stuff for celebrations. Right. When they have these celebrations, you know, pick up a little something and, and, and celebrate that. But also know that a lot of these organizations donate to various charities, too. You know, we've even had uh, some of these stores donate the fact before for different things, you know.
0: These are excellent tips, wonderful tips, and I will make sure that I'll add a few links into the show notes too to give people a little bit of a start to finding interesting things and learning how to be an ally. You're right, we have some really beautiful links on the FACT website, but you mentioned a few minutes ago you would never turn down a good barbecue, walk away from a great barbecue. So are there any traditional meals that are cooked, and then also how do we then work in our food allergies? I know like within my culture, there are a lot of dishes that my husband's mother will make that are extremely traditional for the holiday, for a certain thing, and when I turn it down, oh boy, she is not happy. So Mm -hmm. can we talk a little bit about what are some of the traditional foods and then ways to also tackle the food allergies without looking like you're turning something down but you're really just staying safe.
1: Absolutely. There's a, a history behind Juneteenth, you know, where they say that red foods are the foods that um, people like to to have that represent Juneteenth. And things like, you know, a strawberry lemonade and red cabbage, coleslaw, stuff like that, um, barbecue pork or shredded pork or chicken, things like that. I um, mean, then some traditional stuff too, like cornbreads and, um, you know, different things like yams and stuff like that. So those are some of the things that people might want to think about, you know, like in the South, you see that stuff around all the time. Um, And in my family, they're, they're originally have Southern roots. So we, we all kind of have that stuff anyway, sometimes. Um, But you can, you know, not only just from a food allergy perspective, which is significant, but even from a, a health perspective, right. You know, like if I make something like greens, for instance, I don't use what people may use back in the old days when they didn't really have much as far as like, you know, fat back and, and lard and all those sorts of things like that. You know, you might use something like, um, A smoked turkey or something of that nature. When it comes to things like the cornbread, things of that nature, you want to do, you know, as a person gluten free, so you want to be able to use it. There's gluten free cornbread mix out there. You can get that, you know. And as far as the egg substitutes are concerned, so many different things you can do. A flax egg, you can do applesauce. In fact, I just made meatballs using applesauce yesterday, you know. So there's just find those alternatives. And again, the internet is such a great source for so many of those things. And then you've got websites. I mean, you know, I know you run a little website there too, Caroline. So. They can check some stuff out that you've got going on, some stuff that we've got on fact, um, you know, there's also some, you know, various other food allergy groups and persons out there who can give you some substitutes for some of those things, even when it comes to things, you know, you're making your own barbecue sauce. If you've got some allergies to some of those ingredients like garlic or something like that, Um, you know, definitely just pulling out those things and putting in your own alternatives will work.
0: And then how about just a tip or two on tackling family members and turning down the food or bringing your alternative with you? Any tips for that? I know even though we've lived with food allergies for 22 years and our family, I still get stressed when I have to turn down a family member or now actually watching my kids turn down a family member. So any tips on that?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I always kind of say, I mean, I I think that being a food allergy parent over the years has made me probably more direct than ever, um, you know, and having those conversations with people. But, you know, food is something that's very personal in nature in a lot of communities. So when you turn down food, it really can upset some people and you have to let them know that it's not about them. It's about it's about someone's health. And, you know, you can sometimes have conversations in advance. Is there, you know, some sort of alternative we can work on together? Can I make a dish that everyone can eat that's allergy safe for my child or for myself? You know, those sorts of things. Can I make a contribution? So that way everyone can be part of the solution instead of worrying about, you know, the problem of of feeling not included or something along those, those lines. And then you'll have those ones that insist no matter what, they're going to make something for your allergy person. Um, you know, I don't hate to even call someone an allergy person, a person who has a food allergy, right? Um, And they've got to make something. Well, I did everything to make this thing. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know if it's the right way or not, but sometimes I've actually just taken a plate home and just wrapped it up and given it to somebody in the house who isn't allergic um, just to kind of, you know, not deal. But that might not be safe for everyone. So in those particular cases, you know, you just have to politely decline and just say, I really appreciate it. However, unfortunately, this is something that is a real health condition. You know, what else do you have?
0: I confess to doing the same exact thing, just taking the plate, wrapping it up (laughs) and bringing it home. And actually, when my kids would go to birthday parties, that little deal with grandpa, that Mm. they would bring home cake specifically, they would get the cupcake, they would wrap it up, bring it to him, and then he would trade it in for something else.
1: Yeah. And like I said in some cases, you know, whether it's a, you know, a risk tolerance that people have or even the fact that being that close to it could be a real problem for some people, right? You know, so you get to make that decision and stand in your power on that and just let them know. This is not a personal issue. This is this is a health care concern.
0: You know, you're not actually saying no to them. You're just saying no to the food, to the item, not the person.
1: Well, you're also saying yes to a healthy experience that day for yourself.
0: Exactly. Well, our time has come to an end here. So is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about Juneteenth? I would just say, go out and find out the information. It's
1: for everybody. Like I said, if I'm celebrating St. Patrick's Day and I don't, I'm not Irish, you know, and I'm celebrating Cinco de Mayo and all the other, you know, holidays and even Pride Month, there are people, you know, I'm I'm not part of the LGBTQ plus community, but that doesn't mean that I can't support, you know, people who are. It's for, you know, these things are what bring us together. And despite what differences we have, learning about each other is what can bridge the gap between all of those things.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Elisa, for your time and your wisdom, your fun inspiration. I'm going to be all over the internet later tonight. So thank you for that. And we look forward to having you back on Facts Roundtable podcast.
1: Absolutely, Caroline, it's always great to be here and I hope that this helps someone. And of course, if anyone ever needs to reach out to me from a DEIB perspective and have a conversation or want some other information, feel free to get my information off the FAC website.
0: And I will also put that in the show notes. So thank you. Absolutely. Bye. Before we sign off today, I just want to take one more moment to say thank you to Genentech for sponsoring FAC's Roundtable podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.